And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. To Be Honest is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NFL ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Yo, do you know that you can see a view of your seats before you even sit in your seats. And I wish they had this back in the day for me. Well, and it only takes two taps too, so check it out. So head over to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Welcome to another episode of To Be Honest. I'm your host, D'Angelo Williams, and your co-host, Jake Miles Garrett. I mean, Jake <laughs> Seeley. Uh, welcome, welcome back, Jake. How's everything been going? Uh, good. Uh, much better than my Defensive Player of the Year pick, which you just threw out already. <laughs> yeah. How's that going for you, man? Because, you know, at the beginning of the season, you was very high on Miles Garrett, and rightfully so i mean he came out and he said that he wanted to be the best player in the world completely understood that but what you didn't take in consideration that there was a guy by the name of bosa that plays for the san francisco 49ers and that there's also one that played for the san diego chargers uh so the bosa brothers i think are one and two right now in that defensive player of the year but i think that's the only reason Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but because those two guys, in my opinion, have definitely outplayed Garrett. Ah, no way. No way. What? Who's got, who's who's got more sacks? Garrett's impact in the game is not as significant as the impact that the Bosa brothers bring to their significant teams. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. It depends on what, what do you, See, you're taking two kind of different position players because I don't think you, I don't think you classify Garrett and Bosa. They both play defensive end. I know, but what are you I don't talking think. About? But don't don't you think they play a different style of defensive end? I think that you talk about Miles Garrett versus Bosa's who can drop back when need be. That that made no sense at all, Jake. That's your argument. No, I'm saying that is your argument you, that no, they no, play not, two different styles of defense. Yes, end. they play two two different styles, and I'm saying for the fact of pressuring the quarterback nonstop every single game. I mean, honestly, after that, we could easily say we. I confirmed that Miles Garrett is the most dangerous player on defense. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we laughing at this? <laughs> Because it was that, funny. That's not, that's not a like. What do you mean? He's the most dangerous player on defense. Yeah. I, let's let's dive into this. Obviously, that's not something that you know. It's probably something that we need to wrap our head around, right? Like, 
<laughs> was that Pun a play on words here. too? <laughs> <laughs> if you can do it, I should be able to do it, bro. You like, should. Let's Look, just be honest. Yeah, conversation aside, I, I I don't disagree with you that Joey Bosa and maybe even Nick Bosa should be in the conversation. But yeah, let's talk about what happened from a whole because the first thing you know I asked you about with this situation for anybody actually, real quick because this is now last Thursday because anybody's been living under a rock and has been paying attention uh, Miles Garrett is out indefinitely it sounds like at least the rest of the season for taking Rudolph's helmet and hitting him in the which head which he shouldn't yeah but with which this. he shouldn't so here's the full video for everybody D'Angelo in case they haven't seen it because if you only see Miles Garrett you get their reactions on Twitter of send her to prison and the assault and battery. But the entire thing, Mesa Rudolph goes to the ground, kicks Miles Garrett twice, one time in the region you shouldn't be kicking anybody ever. Then things are said, they get up. Rudolph goes for Garrett's helmet, doesn't get it. Garrett goes for Rudolph's helmet, does get it. And then you've seen what you've seen. Swinging a helmet? Yeah, there'll be some ejections. Coming out of this. So the first thing I texted you, D'Angelo, is not should Garrett be suspended, not should Mason Rudolph have gotten a worse punishment. The first thing I texted you is what could possibly have been said or done? We didn't know about the kicking at the time until we saw the video. But I said, have you had anything ever said to you on the like what's said in between plays that could ever set somebody off that much? And have you ever heard or seen something like that when you played? So (laughs) there's a lot. There's a lot to break down here. I remember uh, Steve Smith. I'll never forget. We're playing the Washington Redskins, and this is this is still when Sean Taylor was was still playing safety back for the Redskins. And um, Steve was like giving their defense hell. He was talking mad trash talk. I'm talking about like only Steve could do. And I'll <laughs> never forget this. Like their linebackers were coming up, and they was tagging us. And their corners was coming up, and like they were just playing lights out defense. Uh, and Ryan Khalil, just in a pissed off, like corporate voice, was like, Hey, Steve, knock it off. You don't have to block these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> To this day, I'll never forget that. And I didn't understand what he meant by that when he said it, but he was pissed. And I was like, I've never heard Ryan Khalil like get so pissed. And I was like, so we come to the sideline and I'm like, Ryan, man, you know, what's going on? He was like, dude, Steve's out here getting these guys all pissed off. Let these sleeping giants lay because if we don't say anything, they don't say anything and we play football, it'd be a lot easier for us up front. Like don't give them motivation or thrill to wake up and play this game. And to this day, like, you know, well, that day I was like, huh, you know, that makes sense. You let you let sleeping giants lie. Uh, That's probably where the saying came from. So with that being said, I don't think I've ever heard anything crazy like that on the field where I like blacked out and like lost it. I I saw Steve (laughs) when we played the New Orleans Saints and uh, he gets he walks into the end zone. Right. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, he throws his hands up, and Roman Harper just coming like absolutely flatlines him. And he was like, nobody walks into the end zone uh, when I'm on the field. Hmm. And 
you know, they're in a pushing and squirming match. And like, you know, I go up, and I kind of push people. I don't know what's going on, but I see Steve pissed off and one of my brothers fighting. I'm going to fight too, you know, but <laughs> not to where I'm going to get fined or suspended. I'm just going to do just enough where people be like, I see you, D'Angelo. Yeah, I see you. You with us? Like, yeah, you, you just do just enough, you know, like those NBA basketball players. Like, they don't really want to fight, but they got a, they got a, you know, they got an image to represent. Uh, a reputation uphold, so they give you just enough for you to think like, oh, okay, he about it, but not really about that life. Like, I just want to, I'm, I'm just going to do just enough. Like, that was me. I was doing just enough that, like, you know, if Roger Goodell wanted to find me, he couldn't find me. He'd just be like, boy, you good. You found that loophole. Like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but that was me. So when I saw this fight and I saw him swing the helmet, the first thing I thought, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, like as bad as it was, I was like, how the hell did Mason Rudolph not bleed? Because the <laughs> impact of the helmet and the corner of the helmet, you would think when he hit him, there's no flex there. Yeah. So when he hit him with the helmet, I was like, dude, he didn't get busted. He got a hard ass head. That's yeah. all I was thinking. Like I hadn't <laughs> even got a chance to digest the fight yet. I was like, yo, he really just ate that. So fast forward, you know, then I see like Pounce. I'm like, ooh, and I know Pounce because I played with that entire Steelers offensive line. We had many fights in practice. If you want to piss an offensive lineman off, mess with their quarterback. Like that's what they're there for. So when it happened, I was like, ooh, where is Pounce? And before I can get that out after saying like, damn, Mason Rudolph's head is very tough and hard. He took that blow like a champ. That's when Q pounced, like the punching and the kicking and like the Castro's like laying on the guy and everybody's hell and like the Castro as a leader. And I'm like, but the Castro's choking him out. So <laughs> he's kind of smothering him. He's kind of just laying on him. <laughs> right, right. He's laying on him, but you can't really see his arm. So you got to just assume that he's choking him out. Right. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, oh, wow. You know, this is this is interesting. Like this is a game that I'd watch on you know, national TV in a primetime slot. What do we get? We get this game in the primetime slot in 17 days. Uh, so it's it's interesting because if you break it down, it's a moneymaker, but it's bad too. But again, hockey, when you watch hockey, you see the fights, you just like, damn, what are they fighting for? Like these guys really don't like each other. The next time they play each other, ticket sales are up. Everybody want to watch it. It's on TV. It's must-see TV. Because there's a conflict there that could, there's dollars, there's monies to be made. Well, you got but me. Like, all I, in I all, got like, like a list of questions now for you. From, yeah, <laughs> from, from a football perspective, it was all terrible. Like, I, I don't condone that at all. The swinging of the helmet, the going for each other helmets. But I can say it was fun to watch. I'm, I, you can call me an asshole. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want me to call or whatever you want to call me. But because I wasn't involved and I was sitting at home watching it on TV, it was fun to watch because Roger Goodell is going to let somebody down every day, every day, whether it's players, whether it's fans. And this was just another opportunity for him to let us down as either players or as fans. And he does a great job at doing that. All right. So I'm going to try and piece through these. Like I said, I got multiple questions that go different ways on this. For the first one, that's what I'm saying. Of, yeah. I got, I, the first yeah. one that you're kind of alluding to is so is this a catch 22 of good and bad? Like you said, the ticket sales, the oh, 100%. 100%. But at the same time, a catch 22. I don't want to use the, I don't want to use the, 
you know, cliche, but it's a black eye for the NFL. No, it's definitely not a black eye for the NFL. It's actually, I, I, I've always said this and I will continue to say this. Any media as it relates to like uh must see TV, this is why fighting in the NFL is, or fighting in any sport is not frowned upon by the people that's looking at it. Uh, I mean, you you have the knee-jerk reactions where it's like, oh, my gosh, he could have killed that guy. He could have did this. He could have did that. But the fact of the matter is this. Because of reality TV and all the stuff we see as it relates to reality TV, the fighting, the the drama, people love that. We love drama when it doesn't involve us. When it involves somebody else, we want to know all the scoop. We want to know the ins and outs of certain stuff. So as it relates to this, it's the same thing when the Bengals, when we had the problem with the Bengals a few years back, they put it on primetime TV and people loved it and ate it up. We couldn't wait till we played the Cincinnati Bengals because we knew it was going to be physical and we didn't know which asshole other than Burfitt was going to jump out of their comfort <laughs> zone and be the asshole that we knew that they were. So what this could have the possibly, same way with the Cleveland Browns. What could have possibly set – Rudolph off in the first place where he was trying well, to there's, there's, go ahead. I, I don't know what set Mason Rudolph off, but I can definitely probably piece together what pissed Garrett off. So you have to understand this. We're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, their organization is said to be better than the organization that I'm playing for. They have been the big brothers or they've dominated us year in, year out. I'm tired of hearing people talk about it. They got a quarterback that's not Ben Roethlisberger that everybody's high on and feel like they can come in here and they can beat us with this guy and still have the confidence and still have the moxie and still have the swagger that they have as being a Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, I'm better than them. And then for their quarterback to challenge me at defensive end, oh, hell yeah, I'm pissed off. You ain't got to say nothing. Just your pure confidence and you are feeling like you can do whatever it is you want to do to me because you feel like I'm less than you. Bullshit. We're going to fight. And I think that's what set Garrett off. That's what set him off. All 100%. Right. So let me go back to this whole trash talking thing. And let me add this. Now I want to come at you from a different angle, D'Angelo. Are there yeah. players out there that like do their homework? Are there ones out there like, hey, you know, D'Angelo, you suck at Call of Duty. Like, I mean, obviously not like. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't do. So this is this is what I loved about being in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room. Uh, well, before the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room, it was the uh, Carolina Panthers. And, and I'll tell you some behind the scenes stories that I probably shouldn't be telling. But I'm going to tell them anyway. You, you're going to probably love this. So whenever. Whenever any player did anything that got themselves national attention, uh, whether it was good or whether it was bad, mostly bad. So we, you remember, uh, uh, jo not Johnson, uh, Dwayne, the receiver from the USC. Dwayne Bow. Uh, no. no, not him. Jarrett. Dwayne Jarrett. So we bring in Dwayne Jarrett, and and Dwayne Jarrett. I don't know if you remember this, but he got the DUI. Yeah. So when he got when he got the DUI and he came in and everybody found out that he had a DUI and he made national news or whatever, and our owner I think they maybe suspended him for a game or something. They sat him or something. Well, the next day, like in the locker room, that's who you hate to come and you you have to see and you have to talk to. So what we did was we just put a whole bunch of alcohol bottles in his locker. Oh. 
and was like, yeah, yeah. So we that's how we police each other is we make fun of you if you get in trouble. It doesn't matter what the what it is that you do. We make fun of you because you know that that's something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Like we can't scold you, obviously, because you're grown. But in those jokes, you'll understand like, yo, this isn't funny. Like, yeah, we know you just cause a distraction, not for us as a team, but for yourself. So now we have to deal with that distraction. So if we got to deal with that distraction. We're going to remind you that you are the reason we have to deal with this distraction. And then you don't have defensive players doing the same thing, like calling, hey, you stupid drunk ass while he's on the field. <laughs> yeah, well, you get that. And then you get the fans that show up with the signs in the stands talking about, hey, I got a beer for you, man. If you drop this ball or, you know, the, the, the various signs that relate to whatever it is you did that was off the field. So, so you real careful. That was one of those things that where like when I would go home and and I'd get in like maybe a sketchy situation, I'd make sure that I react the way that I needed to react because I didn't want to take it back to the locker room because I know that those guys had jokes for days and I didn't want to deal with those jokes in the locker room as opposed like it's easy for us to deal with the stuff in the public as long as we don't have to deal with it at home. Well, let me so ask imagine, you, let me, get, let me get a little bit more serious with the the two taunting things then again real quick. One is actually one's taunting and one's to go back to this to wrap up this whole conversation. But one of the things I was sitting there with my buddy here, Brandon, and uh, he's like you. So if you get what I'm hinting at, like, so like I, I wanted to ask you this, D'Angelo, has there any been anybody in the NFL that you've ever noticed that like maybe crossed the line? Because one of the things we kind of looked at each other and said, I wonder if he said something he shouldn't have said racially or has somebody ever stepped the well, line and made it personal family wise or is anybody like are there players that I'm, have I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that they have like I mean you've seen videos of Zach Thomas spitting on people right uh you've seen you know some people may say you know racial slurs but you don't you don't get as many racial slurs as you think you would in the National Football League because you're all brothers and you're all fighting for the same the 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 same opportunity of winning a Super Bowl so when somebody makes a racial slur, uh, granted, it's still a racial slur, but they may not mean it in the way that you think they mean it. Uh, gotcha. And it there's no way to I, I would say you take it out of context, but you can't say you take it out of context because you take it for what it is. Right. Um, but it, it was definitely something said from a standpoint of just the mere fact that a quarterback challenged the defensive end would piss me off if I'm the defensive end. <laughs> All right. So because last... there's no quarterback in the national football league that you look at even Ben Roethlisberger and be like, Oh, he's tough as nails. He's only tough as nails as a quarterback. Not he's <laughs> tough as nails as a person altogether. If that makes any sense. No, I, I got what you're saying. So the last one to wrap this, and this is something you and I talked about off on the side. So I do want to bring it onto the show was you start talking about it, and I agreed with you is the quarterback protect the NFL protecting the quarterback and hundred percent we threw out a couple ifs you know what if Mason Rudolph got the helmet off before Miles Garrett did what if and this was your question to me what if Miles Garrett swung and missed like did the NFL handle this properly should Mason Rudolph gotten more and should Miles Garrett really be done for the season so I I, I will be honest with you. I would have suspended everybody from Mason Rudolph to DeCastro to Pounce to I would have I would have literally suspended them all. And it would have been maybe one game here, two games there, nothing indefinitely for the season 
just to let people know like hey uh this won't be tolerated like you this is this is why i somewhat have a problem with what's going on here so they suspended pounds for three games they suspended uh a watch i can't say his name but they suspended him for what one game two yeah. <laughs> one game yeah and then they find like mason rudolph right right so if that's the case and you truly feel the way that you feel then suspend them all so when they play each other the next time none of the people that was involved was even on the field uh yeah i, I that makes sense that I'm that's what i'm saying so everybody that's that played this game that got into this scuffle this altercation the next time y'all play none of y'all will be on that field so we're giving everybody here two game suspensions doesn't matter how bad it is the severity of it you did it it's a rule everybody two games and still everybody will be pissed but they'll get it that browns game will go on without a hitch so now you look at this browns game the only two people that won't be back will be miles garrett and pounce right but the initiator he's still there the the uh the 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 other people that are involved are still there but pounce was re- he retaliated for mason and then obviously garrett he was retaliating because he tried to get his helmet off so the one who started it the gasoline is still there it's just the spark isn't so who's gonna be the next spark because the gasoline's still there <laughs> odell beckham <laughs> that's what we're waiting for yeah that's what i'm it's just when when you play division games and when you play the in, within these division games and these games matter, like the Browns, you, you saw it coming in. Uh, they've been talked about so much. They've been bashed because they haven't lived up to expectations. And a lot of them probably hadn't had these expectations before. They're going into a hostile environment. They plan the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is probably the lowest the Steelers has ever been as it relates to talent on the field, injuries, um, uh, people missing. Like, this is our opportunity to take advantage of our opportunities and be opportunistic. And they go in hearing all this, and then your quarterback grabs what you said before the season, our uh, uh, defensive MVP of the year, grabs him by his face mask. Like, so it's, it, it kind of goes to that old additive, like, hey, when I go into whatever room, I'm going to grab the biggest, baddest man and let him know that I'm the man. And I feel like that's what Mason Rudolph tried to do. And it backfired on him. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so you ready to talk about another quarterback? But this is this is this is not me speaking as a player. Right, this is me speaking as somebody that want to watch this game in two weeks. That's in prime time. Like, yo, I really want to see what's going on because, huh? It's one o'clock. Right, right. It's one o'clock. But I'm just saying, like, you you look at that game and like everybody's gonna have eyes on that game because of the tension of the, the the game two weeks ago. Right. So with with that being said, like as a player, again, I do not condone any of this. I think everybody in this situation was wrong. I think Mason Rudolph overreacted, Miles Garrett overreacted, and then the reaction of David DeCastro and Pounce was dead set on. I can't believe I can't believe it wasn't worse than what it was. That's uh, what I thought was crazy. Like, even though we said this was worse, like this could have been really worse because had that been Ben Roethlisberger, it had definitely been people going to jail. <laughs> hey, that, but that's the difference, though, right? right. Like that's your whole well, thing. Well, it's like you that, said too. The difference is the Miles Garrett hit him, and what if he would have swung and missed? We wouldn't even be having as much as a conversation or outrage, likely. 
we we wouldn't be at all. We'd be like, damn, man, if that would have connect, we'd be talking the other way. Like everybody always say in the fight when Shaq swung and he missed, had he really connected, like what would have happened? But the fact of the matter is, is he wasn't trying to connect. He just wanted to show you, look, hey, this is a warning shot right here. I'm putting the NBA on notice. Hey, if any of y'all have any problems out of any problems with me, you better address me through social media because when we face to face, I got this waiting on you. <laughs> so now Garrett, Miles Garrett will never have a problem out of anybody as it relates on the field. Would you rather take a punch from Shaq or Floyd Mayweather? Uh, I'll take a punch from Shaq any day. <laughs> okay. Anybody that doesn't have uh, the training, the means or don't know how to fight. Those are the ones I want to fight. The ones that know how to fight, no pressure points. And I don't have a chance. <laughs> okay. That's certainly fair. I'm so just I'm, thinking Floyd Mayweather because he barely threw, threw any punches for his last couple of careers. He just dodged everybody. He's undefeated. And I know for a fact that there's nobody, nobody in the NBA or that are professional athletes that have gotten into 50 fights. I know for a fact that Floyd Mayweather has. That's, he's won all that's, 50. Hey, that's certainly fair. All right. So let's talk about another quarterback. This past couple days, Kaepernick had his workout over the weekend, talking about getting back into the NFL. And D'Angelo, so you always ask me, what's the fan perspective? So here's what social media. I I do want to know the fan perspective because I have been lost. This is is something that I, I can't wrap my mind around as a player. And all 1,800 players that are in the National Football League right now can't wrap their mind around either. I would love to get your fan perspective of Colin Kaepernick so I can give you the player's perspective uh, as it relates to Colin Kaepernick and what we think about like him in general, whether you want to say as a football player or whether you want to say it as an uh, someone that 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 that's uh, doing activism. However, you want to talk about <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. I am ready for that because I truly want to see and hear the fans perspective because I've been blown away by some of the stuff that I've read uh, from uh, commentators, what I've read from uh, fans and what I've read from some uh, players that used to play, but don't play anymore, but that work for these networks. So I'd love to hear what you have to say, Jake. Well, there's two different things as we've discussed many times in the show and just specifically last week. Yeah, we week. can discuss one, and then we can, we can move so, to the other one. We, so can, we can strictly is, leave it on one this topic, is not, we can go both All right, then I just want to say, this is not Jake's opinion. So let's make that clear. I'm not giving you mine. Okay. I'm giving you what you see if you're on Twitter. I'm giving you what you see if you flip on all the Talking Heads shows. I'm get, so this is the majority. The thoughts are... Kaepernick doesn't want to play football. Kaepernick used this as a media tool to get more attention, to sell more of his jerseys or sayings or Nike or whatever. He pulled in his own receivers to control the situation. He pulled in his own camera crew for that same reason. That's what people are saying. Again, that's not Jake. That's not me. And I know that's not everyone, but that is the majority social response so far is more people are saying that than anything else, D'Angelo. Well, do you want do you want me to give you Jake's or do you want to go first? I want I want to hear Jake's. All Let right. me hear Jake's. I know what everybody else is saying because if we're on the same page, then we could both talk about why 
like how they feel the way that they feel. Okay. So you asked me last week, you know, what do you see when you see a player suspended or in trouble and what's your reaction? And I told you that Jake is the type of person that looks and investigates. And I say that to bring up the fact that I will let you know, D'Angelo Williams, I'll let you know, I initially, years ago, had a different response on Colin Kaepernick. I am somebody that is open to finding more information. I am somebody that's open to changing my opinion, as opinionated as I might sound and always wanted to be right. I am open to changing my opinion because I will let you know this is coming from somebody whose initial thought when this very first happened, Colin Kaepernick kneeled. My Jake Seeley's opinion was he could have done it somewhere else. Like, I understand the outrage. I'm not outraged by kneeling for the flag, but I understand why people would be. Since then, knowing what Colin Kaepernick does off the field, his, uh, you know, out there working with inner city kids, everything he gives back to the public, out there, finding out who Colin Kaepernick is and what his reasons for everything is. I am behind Colin Kaepernick. Seeing this report initially when they said he tried to bring in his own receivers, bring in his own media crew, blah, blah, blah. I didn't sit there and go, oh, here's Kaepernick being Kaepernick like most people did. I went and found out, hey, you know what? The NFL tried the same thing. The NFL tried last-minute rules and changes and mixing things up on Kaepernick and his crew the same way that Kaepernick said, well, hey, you know what? If you're going to do that, then I'm going to do the same thing. So I come out of the situation and saying, you know what? Maybe he wants to play football. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wants to put feelers out there and see what's out there. And he did that. Is he also getting back in attention for trying to help the causes that he's helping? Absolutely. And I'm glad that he did because the causes that he's helping are a lot more important than ever playing another snap in the football league. True. True. I totally, totally get that. So here's as it it relates to Colin Kaepernick on the field, since you basically talked about all his off-the-field stuff. I show up in the National Football League, and I'm a quarterback, you're not giving me different receivers every time I step out on the field. What we play on Sundays, when we go through practice, we build in a rapport. You have a rapport with your receivers, you look better. I see why Colin Kaepernick bought his own wide receivers. He's comfortable with them. They're comfortable with him. You know their little quirks. You know what they like to do, if they're going to go long, if they're going to go short. You know that your workout is going to go great. Whereas you show up and the guys that you're throwing to you don't know if they play receiver or not. So if, you know, you're throwing to these wide receivers and they're dropping every ball that you throw to them, I don't care who you are. Like, hey, that wide receiver should have caught that. If you're Colin Kaepernick, everybody's going to be like, damn, dude, none of his receivers have caught a ball. Like, who brought these receivers? And the NFL, like, they're not going to get heat for it. They're going to be like, oh, they're just bad receivers. Uh, We always talk about transparency. Uh, We always want to know what's going on behind the scenes and this was Colin Kaepernick opportunity of giving us just that so when we get what we want and what we ask for and what we dream of we don't necessarily want it because that's not what the NFL wanted so the NFL wanted to give him 25 scouts that that were going to come out to him on a Saturday Uh, I'm not even going to go into specifics Saturday uh, we're going to get we're going to supply you receivers we're going to uh, you can't bring in your own media. We're going to control all the tapes. We'll send out what we want to send out. Uh, you sign this waiver and we'll go. And Colin Kaepernick was like, wait, 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 wait. Let me bring in my media as well. Like, let the fans and people see what's going on behind these scenes. 
uh, let me use my own wide receivers. I don't think that's too much to ask. Like it's been three years, granted. At this point, Colin Kaepernick does not need the NFL and the NFL does not need Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Let's just make sure we put that out there. So it's not that I'm saying he doesn't need a job. Obviously, he wants a job. We we all know that he doesn't need one uh, to our to our recollection. But he wants one. He's obviously still training. He obviously still is a, a premier quarterback. But he's giving us this is 2019. This is a digital age of way more information than we need. This is information overload. And when he tried to information overload us by saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. He gave us a timetable of what it is he was going to do. And he did exactly that. Like everybody, a lot of people have said he squandered his opportunity. Uh, he he should have went. He should have did this. He should have conformed. He should have just followed the NFL rules as it relates to him getting an opportunity and being dead set on getting back into the National Football League. I don't think that's what this was. This was a, hey, we're doing concussion research to fix the problem of concussions, but we have nothing to show for it. This is what that was as it relates to Colin Kaepernick. Hey, we we tried to give him opportunity. We knew he wasn't going to follow it. We made it. We did just enough to trigger him because we know what his trigger points are. We triggered him enough to make it seem like he's the bad guy. Enough fans will be like, oh, you know, we're through with him. I can't believe he squandered this. So now we don't ever, this Colin Kaepernick situation is going to go away. Well, (laughs) what they didn't take in consideration that the fact that, okay, he would look great as a quarterback. So now how do we change the narrative so we can just forget about this guy all the time? Like I, I told my wife, uh, we were sitting down the other day and she was like, I don't understand what's like what what everybody see in Colin Kaepernick like why does everybody want him to either play or not play like she asked me that hmm. and I couldn't answer that question I can think- you answer that question Jake like why, why why are we so worried about whether he play or whether he not play I think the answer, at least for me, is very simple. It's we know he's better than at least half the quarterbacks out there right now. And the only reason he's not playing is because of the problem with the NFL. So I think that's this is it's almost kind of you and I love wrestling. This is this is kind of like it's the corporation. It's it's going against the man that owns the company. And I think that's what it kind of like. This is how this right. is how you and baby he's, face he's CM Punk and he dropped the pipe bomb. There you go. Perfect. I was going to bring a CM Punk is the perfect example. Yes, he's CM Punk. He dropped the pipe bomb. We get it. We understand. And I, I also I told my wife this, though, and I, I really feel this way. There's no way anybody that's a celebrity uh, that that makes the amount of money that athletes make, whether it's $200,000, whether it's $400 million or $40 million, like there's no way that we could say anything about somebody that doesn't make as much money as us. Like right. nobody's ever digging in our background. Like we can't say, hey, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's people out there homeless, like, you know, we're disenfranchised, we're this, we're that. Not as a as a race, but as a society period, people will come back and say, you don't know anything about that. You make millions and millions of dollars not knowing where you come from. And again, if you don't have the means or the million dollars or being that and you talk about it 
from your perspective as it sits like, hey, you know, I'm poverty stricken, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then you don't have the platform. Yeah. 100%. So you, you can never win that battle. But we take that battle on every year. We take that battle on every day. We take that battle on every week. Like, you know, my my fight is breast cancer. Uh, My fight will always be breast cancer. But because I fight breast cancer don't mean like, hey, you know, if you got, you know, melanoma or if you got another type of cancer, like, man, you on your own. No, that does not mean that. It just means that I focus on that. But I also will extend an olive branch or a helping hand to other things because I understand that there's more struggles in this world than the one that I'm focused on. As it should be. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, you, you wait, hold on, D'Angelo. You're telling me that you weren't born eating off gold plates and millions of dollars in your bank account. That would, that didn't happen to you. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, that didn't, that didn't happen to me. But once you get there though, <laughs> everything else is right out the now, window. Jake, yeah. Everything else is out the window. You can't speak on activism or talk about anything less than you. You can only talk about things that are uh, like you. You can only come after like people that make more money than you. All right. What's turned into pretty much a QB themed episode. D'Angelo. We were talking about something you and I have texted a lot about. And as Cam Newton joked about the fact that all these people being out of their minds saying, oh, Cam might not have a job when he came back. And well, I think. Opinions might be changed after the last game for Kyle Allen and Cam Newton might be fine oh, enough. 100%. <laughs> it, so it, it, this is the difference, Jake. And this is coming from uh, a player that used to play that's now watching. This is not coming from a player in the locker room. It's easy for a backup quarterback to step into a quarterback, starting quarterback role and perform because us as people watching him are not looking for him to perform like a starting quarterback because that starting said quarterback is held to a higher standard than that fill in that we call the backup quarterback in Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen stepped up. He played a phenomenal game the first three or four games and he's continued. He's going to continue to play phenomenal. But as far as him being the answer in Carolina, he is not the answer. He brings more questions than answers. Whereas you look at cam and you know, exactly what answers you need answered. You know, I agree with you because I have a whole said that can't, this is Cam Newton's job when he's healthy. hundred percent. That's Cam Newton's job. Who else have I told you about and said the same thing about D'Angelo is what you just said. It's Daniel Jones. He's the rookie. He's asked to come in and replace Eli Manning. So nobody cares that, Oh, you know, he's just turning the ball over like a madman, even more so than Eli Manning, but it's okay because he's new, young and inexperienced. So we can look past that. I think it's different in New York because we're we're not talking about a quarterback that's playing above average. Like he's not replacing above average quarterback. Eli Manning for a very long time now has been playing average or below. Right. So it's not like Daniel Jones uh, has to play above the bar. Like he can go in and be that college quarterback that we've known him to play and still do bad things. And he still be compared to Eli Manning. This is not the case as you look at Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. You look at Cam Newton as somebody that's forced to be reckoned with uh, with his legs as well as with his arm. Kyle Allen, all he brings to the table is his arm. Uh, as a backup quarterback, when you don't expect much out of him, he did great. But as a starting quarterback and you holding him to other starting quarterbacks, 
He is not that guy. Daniel Jones, you compare him to Eli Manning, he is that guy. If you compare him to as a starting quarterback, other starting quarterback, he's not that guy. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I'm with you on that. All right, so then let's talk about the person who has been pretty much the epitome of a quarterback you want to be for years, most Super Bowls, MVPs. You better not say this. You you bet you better not ask this question. You bet Jake, you 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 better not ask me if let me let me what do you think I'm about to ask? I'm gonna let you finish what no, you said. I, but now I, I want to know what you not, think. It, I'm it better not be you asking me is Tom Brady done. It better not be that damn question. <laughs> but go ahead, finish your statement. It's not me asking that question. It's the it's the fans asking you that question. D'Angelo is Tom Brady done? Here, I'll give you I'll give you why they're asking that. You want to know why they're asking that? Is because this is so disrespectful. Is because so disrespectful. Tom Brady has been more mediocre than not this year. He's not playing to Tom Brady's levels. He just had a game where he had the most incompletions for his career in the first half. Couldn't get things done on the most exploitable or one of the most exploitable pass defenses this year. Didn't throw for a touchdown. Julian Edelman did. So all that being said, that's the fans and that's their ammo to ask you if Tom Brady is done. I am very disappointed in you, Jake, for even asking this question. For repeating the question? And the fan base. I'm very disappointed that you would even repeat that because I I think highly. Yeah, don't put me in that boat. I told you I'm not changing my Patriots pick. You peddling this damn boat. No, You are peddling this boat. I am not even near the water that this boat is in, D'Angelo. So let me tell you something about Tom Brady. Everybody is accustomed to Tom Brady putting up unhuman like numbers, right? That's the Tom Brady that we but when Tom Brady plays like a mere mortal, when Tom Brady plays like Drew Brees, when Tom Brady plays like Aaron Rodgers, when Tom Brady plays like your favorite quarterback, then is he done? Is your favorite quarterback done? No. So if that's the case, if he's not putting up these ungodly like numbers like Tom Brady normally does, then he has to be done. But he's still better than the quarterback that you like. So with that being said, no, he's not done. I can say this, though. This is the first time a Bill Belichick defense has outplayed a Bill Belichick's offense. I can say that. Their their defense right now, mind blown what they're doing right now on defense is keeping Tom Brady in the games. Tom Brady, I don't think, knew that father time and uh, defensively, schematically, that other teams were playing against him and actually figure him out after playing for 17 years with the coach turnover that they have in the National Football League. So the sense of urgency that Tom Brady used to have before the six championships now is not maybe the same sense of urgency that a lot of people think he should have right now, but he's still playing the exact same game. So there's 14 incompletions that he had that's normally like six or seven, maybe it's, you know, drop balls or defensive scheming completely different or their rushes getting to the quarterback. Like there's a lot of things like in that Philadelphia game that you're speaking of that happened. They put a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. He was getting hit and watching him get up. I was like, dude, Tom Brady's old, man. He can't keep taking these hits. And just like hits on any player, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a running back, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's a defender, like they're going to add up. You don't subtract hits when you get hit. They add up. And when they start add up and that muscle memory, like, oh, 
that proverbial clock goes off in your head like, yo, last time I dropped back, I got hit in three seconds. I got to get rid of this ball in three seconds or I'm going to get hit. That's what he's thinking of when he stepped back and he throws this ball against the Philadelphia Eagles. So now I got to get that clock in my head longer. That's what you think of as offensive linemen. You want to get that clock in the quarterback's head to be long. If I could get my quarterback to think that he has five, six, maybe seven seconds in the pocket, we can win with that. But what I can have is my quarterback drop back and he feel like all he has is three seconds because now he's throwing inaccurate balls. And that's what's happening. That's what happened to Tom Brady in the Philadelphia game. They wouldn't give him enough time to check his second, third, fourth option. He only had one or two, maybe two after that. And he was just getting rid of the ball fast, sometimes throwing it into double coverage. I know for a fact I saw the ball hit defenders' hands like five or six times on those incompletes. They just never picked it off. No, I, look, I told you that this is my Super Bowl pick. If the I, you know from this show how much I love Lamar Jackson, and we talked about it on my other podcast, and they yes. said who's the best in the AFC, and I said you're putting Baltimore in the conversation with New England. Nope. So in the uh, in the postseason, it's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick every single time. What did they do last year? Oh, they just won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, basically playing the exact same way he played last year. He's playing this year. I'm still taking Tom Brady, they and they won a Super Bowl. Year. They won't win it this year. Oh, you're gonna—they won't win it this year. Who's gonna like your defensive MVP? Won't win it this year. Who's who's taking it? I have my reasonings. You're gonna take your 49ers? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, 100%. (laughs) Of course you are. So hold on. It'll be 40. uh, We're not doing this again. Get out of here with this. All right, I'm not gonna do it. We'll say we'll save it for when the season's over and we do our playoff picks, and then you can come back and say your 49ers again because the 49ers we know are going to be in the playoffs at this point. I want to take this one different angle. So we branched to a different sport real quick. You were around for the Patriots cheating, for the video gate, for the spy gate, for all the stuff that's like the Patriots did this. And now we have a different sport with the exact same thing, just a different way, but exactly the same thing because they were using video. The Astros now have evidence. They also have emails. They have pictures. They have video of the videos. They were sitting there with the players in the dugout watching a video monitor to see the calls by the catcher to know when a fastball wasn't wasn't coming. The numbers back it up. You see them banging in the dugout. And all this news comes out. D'Angelo, it's not... I mean, you could take it there if you want. I don't know so much if you want to go with the what should happen to the Astros as much as it is. My question is kind of how do you feel being on the 31 or the 29 in baseball? Other teams seeing this happen... How mad are you? Do you want this stripped from them? Like, where where were you oh, when you pissed off? Because <clears throat> I'm pissed off because why why wasn't there anybody in our front office to come up with this idea? <laughs> because I'd rather win a Super Bowl or win a World Series uh, by line stepping. I'm not gonna call it cheating. <laughs> You're I'm not gonna, gonna call, call it, it cheating. Line stepping. <laughs> I'm not gonna call it cheating. I'm gonna call it line stepping because. There's one said team that we just talked about that had the same thing happen to them and they still kept everything. And they was like, OK, they got the slap on the wrist like, hey, don't do it anymore because we didn't have rules in place to stop that. So with that being said, there's rules in place now. There's a rule. I'm not so sure how it relates to baseball, but there's no way that the Astros would have to resend their World Series championship uh, or have an asterisk beside it on them cheating And here's why. If they do that, the trickle down effect as it relates to the NFL, it would be astronomical. 
And so what they'll do is the 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 MLB they'll say, hey, look, you know, uh, it was wrong. They did it. We didn't have rules in place for it. It was just signals. We don't know every time, you know, that I mean, there's 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 evidence of it, but is there a, a, enough evidence for us to really, you know, flip this turtle over on its back? Uh, and I don't think they'll do that because of the Houston would absolutely lose it, bro. Lose it. <laughs> but so see, I, in I baseball, happen, there's but, rules about not using video for the home team. So there is rules. Right, but there, but, but you can you can find me you can find me or penalize me on the video. But you can't you can't you can't get me for cheating though. You see what I'm saying? So they, they're, they're line steppers in the see, sense of see, the because that's England why Patriots. that's always my question, D'Angelo. Is like this goes like with the PEDs with Barry Bonds too. It's like you could be the most muscled up dude in the world. You could know what every pitch is before it's come. You could be on the football field, D'Angelo, and on defense and know every play that's be coming. You still have to execute, as you said before, similar to the tanking situation. In order to tank. You still have to get the players not to execute to be able to tag. Players are going to still do that. So on the flip side, you still have to hit the pitch even if you know it's coming. Nah, it's complete. It's I, I don't know how I, I, I don't play baseball. I stay away from baseball because I don't know anything uh, about it as it relates to playing the actual game. All right. Well, then you know, here, let me paint it, it this way it. for you, D'Angelo. If you were in the Super Bowl. Facing, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, of course, because I just have to pick that team because you're still on the Steelers at this point. If you're Cowboys Steelers in the Super Bowl, you guys lose. You find out afterwards the Cowboys had video. Oh, I'm pissed. To, I'm, I'm pissed because I'm on the wrong side. I'm on the I'm on the other but side. They, of the but evolution. they only won because they had video knowing every single play you were going to call. Do you, you're not stripping the Super Bowl from them? Oh, uh, in my mind, I am, but it's not what you know; it's what you can prove. Okay, well, this so is now if been you proven. can't prove if you can't prove it, I, like I can know it, but if I can't prove it, then there's it's pointless. And a lot of people will say, "Hey, you still have to stop it." But if I know that there's a run coming, the 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 chances of that run going the distance or gaining some positive yards are going to be slim to none because you give up the option of this possibly being a pass. If I don't have to drop back and I can just fly straight up, it's going to be a lot of big-time hits in this game because I know run from pass. Just simply knowing run from pass and not necessarily knowing where the pass is going uh, give you a competitive advantage in football. If you hear my voice here, that means we've reached the end of our ride. But there's good news. You can listen to more of the show and get 40% off by subscribing to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash honest. That's theathletic.com slash to be honest. You'll be able to hear the full show and D'Angelo's most honest takes of the episode. Okay, now you know. Tune in next week and we'll talk soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.